Tech Podcast number 38. The next generation of radio, it's the MyMac.com Podcast. Podcasting from the MyMac.com studios, it's your hosts, Tim Robertson and Chad Perry. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the MyMac Podcast. I'm Chad Perry. And I'm the other guy that he said at the beginning of the uh, intro, so I'm yep. not, not going to repeat this. Because if you're still listening by now, you probably know who you we know are. You know who we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a really pretty big podcast for us this time around. I know, we got some really exciting news that we are really excited about. So. And uh, we'll jump right into that and we'll talk about it more later in the podcast. Yep. But uh, we got a huge contest running. It's going to run this week and next week. So you guys are going to have plenty of opportunities to sign up to win. This week's prize is worth $1,000. 299 smackaroos. And it's not a computer. And it is not a computer. So, uh, what the heck costs more than a computer? Uh, Not all computers, but a lot of computers. It's something that makes your computer so much more worthwhile. It could be software. It probably is. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, as, as a lot of Mac users know, there's really only one software bundle out there that approaches that type of a price point. Mm-hmm. And it approaches that price point for a very good reason. It's worth every single penny. Yeah. And in this case, we're talking about uh, Adobe Systems Creative Suite 2 CS2 Premium Package. Yep. This is, uh, like I said, uh, $12.99 value. And that's not $12.99. That's $1,299. Yeah, and for those of you who have not been drooling over the CS2, here's what it comes with in the premium package. You get Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, Go Live, uh, Adobe Acrobat 7.0 Professional, Version Q 2.0, or CS2, Adobe Bridge, and Adobe Stock Photos. That's just, I mean, if you're into graphic design or any kind of multimedia files, any kind of graphic work, Adobe is the suite to have. Yep. So we're really pleased as punch to be working with Adobe on this giveaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get more into what you're going to get, um, how you're going to get it, what you got to do to get your chance to win later in the show. So you got to stay tuned. And again, we're going to run the same contest next week. We're only giving away one copy, so you don't need to enter this week and next week. But you might want to let other people know that. Well, maybe you don't want to let other people know because then you know yeah, less you, of a chance you're, you're going to win. Chances. So yeah. You, <laughs> You may want to just keep this to yourself. Last uh, week we were talking about, towards the end of our podcast, that Chad and I had some uh, some news. We were going to go to the Wizard World Comic Con in Chicago. Yep. And we went. We did go, and it was a pretty fun day. It was, you know... I, I, go, go ahead and give them the description that you gave me. You know, me. after about a half hour of being there, I kind of figured... You know, we're just geeky enough to go here, but not geeky enough to enjoy it. it it's, you know, I, as I explained last week, I buy comic books. Yep. I read comic books. I'm not a comic book collector in the sense that if I think something's valuable, I will buy that, or I might buy multiple copies of that. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I don't care if it's going to be valuable or not. I buy them for entertainment. It's the same thing uh, if I rent a movie, right. or if I buy a DVD. Or if I buy a book, or if I buy a DVD or yeah. a CD. I buy, yeah. I buy books because it's you know it's what I enjoy. I'm reading a Jonathan Kellerman book right now. Mm-hmm. So and, I, and that's why I buy comic books. I enjoy them. 
So one of the things that we were looking for while we were there in Chicago, uh, in this case, was a copy of what? Not this over here. No, that's fine. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna do stuff while we're recording then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just leave it there. That's fine. Um, one of the things I wanted to get was a copy of uh, The End, The Hulk, or The Hulk, The End, whatever you want to call it. it was and that a was one, a one-shot, yeah. One-shot, it came out in 2002, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's very rare, but I want to read it because it was written by Peter Davil and uh, I think it was Dale Keown drew it. It was mm-hmm. about my favorite Hulk team, creative team. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to it. It tells the, Hulk, the last Hulk tale, supposedly. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to reading this and never came to my comic book shop because it was so underordered. Or if it did, I missed it. Mm-hmm. And so I've been looking for it ever since. And, of course, that's what Chad and I were doing. He was helping me and try to find this. We did find several booths that had it, but... Not as many booths as I thought. Right. I mean, how many... We found maybe four? We found, we found four on the entire floor, and there must have been at least, what? A couple hundred. Yeah, all all told, as many different vendors and yeah, maybe not a hun- couple. Well, specific hundred, comic book vendors, vendors, it had to be at least twenty five to thirty. Yeah, and and we found four of them. <laughs> yeah, and what was the cheapest price? Fifty five bucks. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. Fifty up to was 65. the cheapest. Yeah, fifty to sixty five is what yeah. I was going and, for. And like I said, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it was a fun drive. Um, of course, we had lunch with our esteemed webmaster adam carnabogue mm-hmm. that was fun yeah that was definitely the highlight i think for me so. yeah me too <laughs> it, it, i i didn't really like the pizza that you guys had and uh what gino's was the place east that, gino's east that was the restaurant i didn't like the hamburger at all it was no. just it, it tasted like it was frozen for a week and then they threw it on the grill while it was still frozen the French fries were subpar. Yeah, you don't go to a pizza joint and order a hamburger, though. But I, I, I tried yeah. one of the pizzas, <laughs> yeah. and I didn't like that either. So well, I, you don't like Chicago style, though. No, yeah. we did have a nice waitress, though. Even though yes. it was she, what did you think she was? She's Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. I like that accent, though. It was yeah. kind of neat to listen to it. <laughs> um, let's see. It kind of reminded me of a character from The Sopranos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, what else did we do while we were there? I know this is a Mac show, but this was a. This well, was a lot we, of fun. we oh we gotta we gotta kick Adam's butt the next time we see him. Oh my gosh, I know it, Adam. A- Adam, I know you're listening. Two ninety four is this. not faster. No. <laughs> On the way back, Adam suggested another route, and this one took us to the north and west of Chicago. Mm-hmm. When of course we wanted to go to the south and east, but he says, "No, you don't want to take ninety four. You go right through downtown. It'll be congested." And that's how we came in. Yes, and uh, we got right in, no problem. But when we left, we took what was it? Two ninety four. Two ninety four. It. We were at the first toll booth for a half hour. Yeah. It was an absolute nightmare. It took us so far. It. It probably added an hour and ten, fifteen minutes to our trip. Yeah. Easily. It was. We were just like, oh, we're gonna kick Adam's butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it. It was a fun thing. Um. Like like you said though, geeky enough to ten, not so geeky enough to enjoy it. Yeah, I I just you know I'm I'm so out of touch with with comic book artists. And, and well, it wasn't now. even just about comic books. If it would have been right. just about comic books, I probably would have enjoyed it. Number one, there there had to have been sixty thousand people there. I mean, it was just absolutely mm-hmm. a mob scene. Yeah. And I've been to MacWorld Expo, so I I understand a big crowd. But the mm-hmm. problem that I had with the Wizard World show is you. When it came to the big booths, the DC and the Marvel and the Image, you really couldn't yeah. tell where one started and one ended. Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't nothing to do or see in these big company booths. So I thought that was no. kind of boring. Um, well, unless you were a, 
and a, a striving comic book artist and wanted to have your stuff critiqued by a professional. Yeah, but even but, then, I mean, it's such a big show, and, and they probably see so many uh, portfolios and stuff. I felt kind of bad for, like, the uh, the off artists, you know, the, yeah. the independent pubs. Who they, they get stuck kind of, way oh, over yeah, on the side. Oh, yeah, pushed way over in the And then they're all jammed and, together. Yeah. Um, it was kind of nice when we first got there and we walked through those. I was glad we got there early enough to to really go through that and, you know. Yep, it, that was fun. Yeah. Um, we saw a lot of, uh, I guess you'd say celebrities, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them were, it, it was kind of sad. Like we saw, well, number one, I, we saw, uh, what's his name, Mick Foley, the wrestler, yeah. Mankind, yeah. he's the guy that had the sock, Mr. Socko, yeah. in the WWF. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch wrestling, I used to watch it a little bit, but I don't watch it at all anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's still an active wrestler or not. I can't imagine that he is. He doesn't yeah. physically look like someone that can go out there and... And Russell for a while, but mm-hmm. then again, I heard Hulk Hogan still doing it, and he's like 85 and a half, so <laughs> maybe make full. But he had a pretty big line when we first got there, but then towards midday, his yeah. line was had really shrunk. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought, you know, I wouldn't mind getting in line and just say, hey, I, I enjoyed seeing you Russell back in the day, mm-hmm. 10, 15 years yeah. ago. And then I found out that you actually had to pay, and he was signing autographs. And I was like, yeah. I don't want to meet anybody so much that I want to pay for an autograph. Yeah. And neither one of us are, like, autographed. Seekers, no, not at all. It doesn't, I mean. I know. It, I don't. <laughs> it's just, uh, okay, yeah, he's famous. Mm-hmm. But so what? I mean, it, it doesn't, you know. If it would have been someone like Steve Wozniak, number mm-hmm. one, I don't think Steve Wozniak would charge five bucks <laughs> to get his autograph. <laughs> but that would be someone that I would really be interested in meeting uh, more than what I already have. I had my picture taken with right. him at the Macworld Expo 2000 in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I sat right behind him during the entire keynote, which is great. I love yeah. the sweater he was wearing. <laughs> uh, although he's one of the only men who could pull that off. <laughs> and I got my picture taken with him. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm just it's, the whole concept of going out and getting autographs just doesn't do anything at all for me. No, me it's either. just like yeah. And sitting right next to. Uh, Right next to McFoley on his left was Margot Kidder from yep. Superman fame. Yep, she was Played there. Lois Lane. That was sad. Not one person was talking to her or even in her line to talk to her. There was well, there's a few people who just stopped in, but I, I don't think I noticed a one. Uh, and it was quite sad. I mean, it, she kind of looked pathetic. And and she looked like, she, I, when I saw her, she was actually eating something. Mm-hmm. And I swear it looked like she hadn't eaten forever the way she was. <laughs> oh, come on. I know, I'm being Lay off. <laughs> she had some mental illness or something, and so it's good to see that she is back up and out, and I'm happy for, you know, she's yeah. not, I don't know if it was drugs or what. I do know that she went through some really hard times, yeah. so it was good to see her that she's out mm-hmm. in public and yep. she looks healthy, so that's yeah. great. Yep. Um, what was the other wrestler that was there? Do you remember? I cannot. I, can't, I, can't I, I wrote down Norman, but I know it wasn't Norman. No, I can't. It seemed like it started with a V or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it started with a V, and I can't remember who it was. And this guy is a huge guy, and mm-hmm. he uh, he kept yelling out to people, Old school! Trying to get people to come mm-hmm. up to get his autograph and a mm-hmm. picture, and of course he's charging like five, ten bucks or whatever. Yeah. Nobody was going over to him either. I, I can't think of his name. I can't remember It's either. like right there on the tip of my tongue yeah. because I saw it like 500 times mm-hmm. as I was waiting in line to yeah. see Mick Foley. And, of course, I got out of line when I was like four people away. Yeah. I was only in line for like 10 minutes now. <laughs> and uh, we saw, who was the uh, the Flash guy? I don't know his name. He played... Flash the, Gordon. Yeah, he, he played, played Flash, Flash Gordon. in the 80s version. Yeah, he had the blonde, short blonde yep. hair. He's yep. like a football player. He gets transported to another planet, and he's Flash Gordon now. Mm-hmm. That was he. He looked nothing like I thought he would look. In fact, yeah. I didn't know who he was 
until I saw the pictures on his desk that he's trying to hawk to get you to buy for five bucks and get mm-hmm. his precious autograph. And I thought, oh, that's kind of sad. And, of course, nobody was talking to him either. <laughs> but, I, you know, one day they're going to have a, pa- a podcasting convention, mm-hmm. and we're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have our little autocrat booth. And, <laughs> and nobody's going to come up and talk to no. him. They'll be like, who are those guys? They're like, oh, they had some... Remember, you remember those Mac computers? Yeah, exactly. And they'll be like, no. <laughs> you know, the Apple... They used to sit on a desk. They, they sat on a desk. Computer on a desk? Oh, come on. <laughs> Wasn't on the back of your palm? No. <laughs> they sat on your desk. A great big huge monitor. Really? They didn't have implants or anything? No. Well, those guys, they did a radio show, an MP3, and you could download Download it? You mean you couldn't just listen as they were recording it? <laughs> they had cables running through your house to hook them up and everything. <laughs> but that'll be awesome. Day. Old school. Old school. Old school. <laughs> Come get your autograph. Let me scribble something on your iPod, Junior. <laughs> we'll have like a bin of 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 iPods. Yeah. So for five bucks, you get us to sign an iPod. To and the old away. Dremel tool we use for yeah. for, the, for the Mac mod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when I make fun of these people that weren't getting any attention. I put us into that. That will be yeah, us one day. That's true. Although our fame isn't going to be half as much as even poor old Margot Kidder. <laughs> no, I, mean, I know. You know. At least people know who she is. Yeah, I know it. I could go into <laughs> almost anywhere and go, I'm Tim Robertson. They'll be like, like so? Who the hell are you? <laughs> you know what was cool, though? And I almost forgot about this booth. It was the guy who used all the junk to make the sculptures. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, He too. did, like, a predator. He had an alien. and These little metal sculptures, like, they, for the arms, it would be spark plugs mm-hmm. and bottle caps for eyes or something like that. Yeah, springs and spoons and it, nuts it was, and It was kind of neat. It was really well done. Yeah. Uh, I did stop by the Image Comics booth because I wanted to pick up two trade paperbacks of uh, the comic series Invincible. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of funny because I, I grabbed volume one and two. And because I didn't know how far back I came onto that series late. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to get uh, like three and four trade paperbacks because I might already have those comics. So I just mm-hmm. got the first two because I knew I didn't have those comics. And I, I get it and I pay for it. And uh, the guy standing right there is the author, uh, Robert Kirkham. So mm-hmm. he was like, hey, you want me to sign that for you? I'm like, yeah, cool. <laughs> you know? But, you know, I wouldn't have gone out of my way to get his autograph or anybody right. else's. But, I mean, he's standing right there and I'm buying his book. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, I was going to bring over that copy of Mac Format Magazine. It's a British magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll bring it so you can see it, but it's got the article on the iAtari Mac and our, from our Mac Mod project. Yeah. Speaking of Mac Mod, we are looking to do another one, mm-hmm. and we are running into a few technical difficulties. What we're basically trying to do is we're going to take a Mac Classic or Color Classic. I'm not sure no, which one. You're going to spill it, aren't you? Well, no, we already talked about it. Yeah. And and we kind of want to put a Mac Mini inside of it. And we've right. already got the Mac Mini. And, of course, this is going to be sponsored by TechServe.com. Yep. And uh, that's what we want to do. But we're having a huge hard time, a huge hard time, finding a monitor that we can use. Right. Obviously, we'd like to go mm-hmm. with a flat panel, but mm-hmm. it can't be any bigger than 10.4 inches. inches. Yeah. And so that's that's what I'm having the most trouble with. Mm-hmm. But I also got some other ideas what we can do. So we'll talk okay. about that later. So, right. But if anybody knows of a, uh, a 10.4-inch LCD VGA monitor mm-hmm. that's ready to go and sell dirt cheap, please let me know. Um, and we'll give you a, a whole bunch of props on the podcast yeah. as well as the next Mac Mod video. 
to send an email to Tim at MyMac.com. I'm getting football fever, by the way. I know. I'm getting a little geek, too. You know what, though? I didn't get a chance to watch the Bears on Monday night. I watched a little bit. That was the first, that was the uh, Hall of Fame game yeah. in Columbus, Ohio. Just watched a little bit of it. Oh, I just can't wait for football to start. Mm. I'm so ready. I brought a little toy over here for you to play with. Yeah, I see that. Uh, I uh, cool, purchased uh, yesterday a Nintendo DS machine. Mm-hmm. And the, it, you know what? It's it's a nice little game system. Yeah. Um, and the game that came with it was the... Uh, what the heck is it called again? Mario... Mario six, Super Mario World 64 DS. Yeah. And it's basically the same game that came out for the old uh, Nintendo system, and it looks great. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put that... And this is the... the it's got two screens, screen on top, screen on the bottom. The screen on the bottom is a touchpad, mm-hmm. so you touch it to do stuff. And it's got great sound, and uh, it's, it's a fun... So what's that, a USB port on the back? Um, somebody else or is that a different cable? This this little cable right here? Yeah. Oh, that's for the power plug. Ah. And then you can put your DS games here in the back, mm-hmm. and you put your Game Boy Advance games in the front, so it's backwards compatible with Game Boy oh, Advance. Oh, that's cool. And it comes with a little stylus that you can plug in. You can plug mm-hmm. in headphones with it. It's also wireless, so if you're playing, you can play against somebody else. And I think the instructions set up to like 60 feet, and I was like, wow, that's yeah. pretty impressive. Um Brittany, the ten-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, played it today, and she just loves this thing. Yeah, it's great. And I, I would be lying if I said I bought it just for the kids. Yeah, I, I got <laughs> I got farther ahead in Mario than she's got so far. So it's it's pretty neat though. A little something for her to live up to. That's yeah. right. We should probably get back to some uh, Mac stuff. Yeah, since this is the MyMac.com podcast. Yeah, I think we better get into the news. That's right. Well, let's let's first. Or I wanted to say, else. yeah, uh, I, this is news. I didn't pick it up at MacMinute.com, but. I thought it was interesting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Sony released a 15-day demo of EverQuest, EverQuest for Mac. Really? A lot of people have been dying on the Mac side to get EverQuest on the Mac because mm-hmm. it's been PC only for so long. Um, this demo includes four expansion packs as well. You can mm-hmm. play it up to 15 days. You can only play against other Mac users uh, because, quote, coding differences between PC servers and the Macintosh server. Mm. So you can only play against other Mac users. Yeah. But it's a 15-day demo. Yep. It needs at least 700 megahertz G4, although it says that it prefers at least 800. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they say it needs 700, but we prefer 800. Well, just, then just say 800 megahertz. Give yeah. me a break. Uh, a G4 or better. So obviously if you have a G5, you're all set. Yep. <laughs> it, it wants at least uh, 256 megs of RAM. Mm-hmm. That's free RAM. So whatever mm-hmm. your operating, operating system is not taking. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so although if you've so got a far, stock Mac, you better want it. You better beef that up. <laughs> all, all, still, though, everything that they're requesting so far can easily be accomplished with a Mac Mini. Right. So, um, but here's the here's the kicker: you d- definitely need a high speed internet connection because, and this is a downloadable demo. Remember, mm-hmm. it takes two point one gigabytes of hard drive space. That's a pretty big file to download. No, Even with the broadband connection, that's going to take a while. Take some time. So I just thought it was a. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to run out and, and download it. I'm just I. I've heard that uh, EverCrest is a great game, mm-hmm. but I heard it, it's not quite as good as World of Warcraft. Well, and I have friends who are EverQuest players, and they've all switched to World of Warcraft. They yeah. just enjoy it more. War, I, World of Warcraft is it nowadays, from yeah. what I understand. And uh, there was some news about uh, World of Warcraft today for the Mac as well. Some Blizzard showing off some kind of a dungeon that's going to be in the game coming up. But yep. I didn't really I didn't write that down so. 
Uh, we want to talk more about the Mac News in a few minutes. We also want to go into a little bit more information on the Adobe Contest. Mm -hmm. We don't really have a focus segment this week. I just want to talk about... I'm so geeked about giving this this huge oh, prize yeah, away. Oh, exciting stuff. That's um, great. So I, I, I really wanted to talk about Photoshop a little bit. And we'll do that yeah. in a minute. Let's listen to Guy Searle's uh, Dashboard Minute. You're listening to the Dashboard Minute, exclusively on the MyMac.com podcast. Greetings, Dashboarders. I'm Guy Searle, and welcome again to the Dashboard Minute. There's a new contest for widget creators sponsored by a Denmark company called OT, that's O-T-E-E, -E, that has a promising Macintosh game development platform called Unity. What the heck does game programming software have to do with widgets? Apparently everything. Starting on August 8th and ending on the 22nd, this contest is open for all of those widget makers as long as you use their Unity 3D development system. If you go to their site, you'll find lots of information about Unity and a free download available that is fully functional but with a limited amount of time for its use. The boys from OT even have odd names for the three different categories up for grabs. They include Grand Prix of the Jury, the People's Love Ballot, and the Project Files of Deep Wisdom. First prize in the Grand Prix and the Love Ballot is an ATI Radeon X800 XT Mac Edition graphics card, and the Grand Prize for Deep Wisdom is a free copy of OT's Unity software. If you want to use widgets created by Unity, You'll need to download the plugin for Unity, which in itself is no big deal, since on first use it goes out and finds it for you. Internet connectivity is required for at least the first time. You can find out more at www.ot.dk and hitting the link for the contest. In the silly but kind of cool category is a widget called Bedrock Biorhythms by Global Consciousness. This widget takes your birthday information and plots day by day where your strongest energy and emotional states may lie all in wavy colors. Primary states are physical, emotional, and intellectual. Secondary states include passion, mastery, and wisdom. It will give you a day-by-day -day description of all of your biorhythmic energies. Totally cosmic, and it reminds me of all those 70s memories that I'm not exactly sure are true or just made up in my own mind. You can grab it at all the usual sites and also at globalconsciousness.com forward slash dashboard. There are several weather-related widgets out there, and gosh darn it, I found another one that I'm going to share. It's probably most useful for airline pilots, as it gathers information from the National Weather Service for flight conditions around most major airports. It's called Aviation Weather, and it was created by Pascal Dreer. Besides the usual temperature or possibility for rain, it also shows cloud cover and visibility. Going on a trip and want to know what the weather or atmospheric pressure will be like on your flight? Frankly, it scares the heck out of me, but pilots and avid weather watchers will want to go and get this 201k download from Apple's widget download site. You'll need to have access to the internet for this widget to update itself with current information. It can also be found at Pascal's home site at homepage.mac.com forward slash drearpa d-r-e-e-r-p-a forward slash widgets. If you know of any great widgets not yet mentioned, or if you have a widget you'd like me to review, 
send me email to dbminute at gmail.com. I'm especially interested in widgets that can't be found at most of the usual sites. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week right here at the Dashboard. Okay, my question is, he's especially interested in Dashboard widgets that you can't find anywhere else. And yet the music he played there towards the end sounded surprisingly like some kind of a striptease song. So what kind of widgets do you think Guy is really looking for? <laughs> Gotta wonder. You know, for, he's talking about biorhythmic. You know, that that particular niche always tends to exploit <laughs> technology first. So, Well, what do you think iMovie was originally so big for? <laughs> yeah. The porn industry. <laughs> So if anybody knows any porn uh, dashboard widgets, Guy wants to know about them. He won't be reviewing those here on the show, but no. he'll appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> okay, anyways. Uh, we were talking earlier about uh, the uh, Mac Mini. Well, we'll, you can play that uh, EverQuest game. Yeah. Um, it, it does require uh, 256 megs and the new... Uh, Mac Minis come with 512. 512, so that should be enough. But Maybe. if you want to protect yourself and make yeah. sure you have plenty of room. That's right. Uh, 135 bucks, or 139 bucks, will get you one gig of RAM from Ramjet. Ramjet.com. Check them out. Uh, look for our show links, show notes mm-hmm. for this show, and I'll put a link directly to that one gigabyte chip from Ramjet.com. And they are one of our sponsors. Thanks a lot, Ramjet. I'm sure they appreciate being mentioned right after the porn reference. That's probably good for them, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should be playing Another One Bites the Dust right now. (laughs) Uh, We do have a new commercial from Small Dog Electronics. Yeah, I like to hear that. Um, we're, We're at 25 minutes, 26 minutes. It just clicked over. So let's listen to our Small Dog ad. And we're coming back and listen to a Not Mac News with Chris Siebold. Sounds good. Go back to school with a Mac and get $50 for textbooks at Small Dog Electronics. Right now, when you buy selected iBook, iMac, or PowerBook computers, you get a $50 gift certificate for textbooks at Amazon.com. And that's not all. Microsoft is offering a $35 rebate on the 2004 edition of Microsoft Office for students and teachers. Go back to school with a Mac and extra money in your pocket. Shop today at Small Dog Electronics in Waitsfield and online at SmallDog.com. And now, Not Mac News with Chris Siebel. The Paris Expo is just around the corner, and Apple's widely expected to introduce fifth-generation iPods at the show. Not Mac News has learned that the new iPods won't be the only cool product featured. Based on the success of the Mighty Mouse, Apple is set to introduce the Colossal Keyboard. The keyboard includes a plethora of buttons designed solely to mimic the confusing PC keyboard experience. Way to go, Apple. Not Mac News has also learned that Macintosh sales are starting to slump in anticipation of the Intel-based Macs of 2006. Apple is apparently desperate to keep profits up and has implemented some new money-saving programs. Steve Jobs will lead the money-saving charge by not flying his private jet to Paris. Instead, a special box has been constructed 
so that Steve can be shipped as freight along with the rest of the Expo's demo equipment. Not Mac News is known by the state of California to cause extreme sleepiness in laboratory animals. Do not listen while pregnant or driving. I'm Christy Bolt. Thanks, Chris Siebold, for the Not Mac News. Uh, let's move on to the real news now. Yeah, this news is from MacMinute.com. That's where we get our news for the podcast. If you want to check out quick news, check out MacMinute.com. You know, you said uh, Mac News first like that yeah. last week on the podcast. I've never seen that up there. Then I went up there and it said Mac News first. I went, I wonder if they grabbed that with what Chad said. <laughs> I didn't email him to ask, but... Um, so anyways, these are it's been a pretty slow week for Mac News yeah. in general. Um I didn't really find any huge headlines that were like, Oh, we definitely have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But so I just picked the ones that I thought were of the most interest. Yep. So uh go ahead and jump on that first one. This one I thought was really interesting myself. Uh last week Apple launched its iTunes music store in Japan with great success, became the number one such service in the country. Now Japanese musicians under contract with Sony are defying the record company to try to get their songs listed on iTunes, reports AP. Sony has not opted to join the service. At least one artist has already gone against his label to offer his songs on iTunes, notes the story. And a major agency that manages Japanese musicians said Wednesday it was interested in a possible deal with Apple Computer Inc., regardless of the recording company's positions. Reportedly, Apple and Sony are in talks, but have reached no decision to date. I think that's very telling. When the musicians are coming to Apple saying, we want our music on your service, and of course Apple says, well, we don't have an agreement with Sony, and mm-hmm. the artists are saying, we don't care. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> this. if you needed any more proof that the music industry is changing and that it's really going away from the mega huge record companies and moving towards the power of the people because that's really what iTunes Music Store does. It puts the power of purchasing in the hands of people because no longer Mm -hmm. are you uh, limited to what you see in the music store or what commercials are being played or what radio is cramming down our throats Mm -hmm. or what what music videos MTV is playing. Mm -hmm. So I just think it's... uh, I, I, yeah. I just think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think this means for the artist then? You know, I don't know. Um, if if you want, if they're fighting to get their music out there in iTunes Music Store, that tells me that they know that that's where the money's going to come from. Because yeah. obviously, as a musician, you'd want your music to get out there to the largest possible audience. Mm-hmm. And so these artists under Sony saying, hey, you know what, everybody in our country is starting to buy the music from this. It's the number one legal place to download music, and our stuff isn't there. Mm-hmm. And it's not because of the fault of the musician themselves. Yeah. It's because Apple and Sony are not coming to some you know form of agreement. Yeah. Obviously, Sony wants some kind of deal that possibly the other record companies aren't getting. I don't mm-hmm. know. But if I was the if I was a musician, I'd be like, hey, we need to do something here. Let's Let's get a move on. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, definitely the artists are really pushing back on the record companies now, and we can see some of the power going to them. But uh, what else have we got going on in there? I thought this was a, a neat uh, news report. I haven't checked it out, obviously, but mm-hmm. it, it, this sounded kind of neat to me. Open source internet TV application 
coming out for Mac first. This was posted on August 9th, of course, at MacMinute.com. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a uh, participatory culture foundation. Let us know uh, that its first beta version of DTV, an open source internet TV application, is now available. With DTV, users can watch videos from RSS feeds, subscribe to channels in built-in channel guide, manage feeds, and watch videos in full screen. The foundation says that it is like podcasting, but oriented around video instead of audio. In addition, they are running a contest with $1,000 prize for designing a mock-up interface and a $300 prize for winning the logo design submission. So, it's too early to tell how popular something like this would be, but if it's basically video casting instead of podcasting, it could be pretty big. Yeah. Um, Are we going to see, I guess my question, are we going to see something along the lines of like, your local cable access channel. You that's know? well. <clears throat> some could argue that's what's happening with podcasting right now. Yeah. But while that's true, it's much easier to produce an audio show than a video show. Yeah. In some respects, I mean, for us, um, actually, video would be easier. I mean, we could just set a camera up right behind us mm-hmm. and hit record. When the show's done, you import that into iTunes, export it out as a QuickTime movie, and that's mm-hmm. the you know there's your show. Yeah. Wherein, with what we're doing in podcasting, we have to launch GarageBand, we have to have uh, a microphone, we have to calibrate stuff, Mm -hmm. we have to drop in audio files to build the show, and that includes Not Mac News, Dashboard Minute, the commercials that we play, Mm -hmm. the music at the beginning, the music at the end, so there's a lot of post and pre-production work that has to go into an audio show, and that's not even including writing up the show notes, uh, sending it via FTP up to our server, doing the RSS mock feed because yeah. the iTunes Music Store doesn't like our regular RSS feed, so we have a mock-up RSS feed that I literally go in and manually enter the data mm-hmm. so it shows up in the iTunes Music Store, which, for some reason, our, our album art still isn't showing up yeah. there, even though I have the tag, I think, correct. Uh, Jason Hansen, one of our long-term, mm-hmm. uh, long-time listeners, sent me the tag he uses that worked, and I used it, and it doesn't seem to yeah. be working. So um, if Jason's <coughs> listening to this... Um, if I remember, I'll send him what our tag looks like, and he can tell me if I'm doing something wrong, maybe. Yeah. He got his working, so and I use well, basically it. So, I don't know, open source internet TV app. It could be pretty cool. Um, Google has something like that where you can search for, it, it actually looks for keywords within video, mm-hmm. and so you can find video of certain things, but that's only if um, the description of that video has the word you're looking for. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's, at least as far as I know, there's no way for it to listen to an audio or a video, and say, hey, there's a keyword that he's looking yeah. for that's inside. That'll eventually happen. With See, voice recognition. show could use something like that. What's that? The video? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does <clears throat> He does the uh, video game show that right. would be really cool. And I would tell you guys the URL, but honestly, I don't remember what it is offhand. I can, I can jump on um, Gmail and get it, because, you know what, we're talking about it. We might as well throw him some... Yep. So hey, while I'm doing this, go ahead and read the next news story. Yeah, the next story we've got is game-related, believe it or not. Lego Star Wars for Mac goes gold. Aspire Media today announced that Lego Star Wars for Macintosh has just gone gold master and is scheduled to be released Monday, August 22nd. For the first time ever, one of the world's most successful film series meets one of the world's favorite toys in an epic new video game. Play the whole story of Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, three movies in one game. Lego Star Wars for Mac is priced at US twenty nine ninety nine and requires Mac OS X 10.3.7 or later. Yeah, 10.3.7, mm-hmm. man, you would think 
um, that they would try to make it at least backwards compatible the with... one? Yeah, at least. I mean, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people that ha- don't have the latest and greatest and all that stuff, and yet, you know, here's a brand new game that... Well, okay, here we go. The Glutch. The Glitch. The Glitch. <laughs> <laughs> the Glitch, not the Glutch. Well, the L and the I in his yeah. logo kind of looks like a U. Yeah. The Gutch. <laughs> It's not. It's the glitch. It's a cool. It's a cool logo, Jason. Trust me. It's a good podcast. And too. it's uh, the glitch. Dot w s t h e g l i t c h dot w s. And uh, oh, he's got a. What is this? What's he got up here now? Uh, he's got a music pod show. My heart sinks. Where I thought he had uh, music pod show. I thought Jason's was. The video show. Hmm. Well, I wonder awesome. if he changed. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious now. Let's hear it. I'll turn this up a little bit. Welcome to the Glitch Podcast with Jason Hansen, your source. For- Oops, I hit the wrong button. What's going on? Play. It's not Jason Hansen, the football player, by the way. Right. We've established that. Rockin' baby, yeah. I should do his intro. This is the glitch, baby. <laughs> With your host, Jason Hansen. Yeah, rock on. Yeah, it's got good music. Mm-hmm. Let's jump ahead. Well, the Intel chips for uh, the Max. So it's huh? going to be really interesting no, to won't. see. It won't be interesting, Jason. Put, uh, Vista no. On. no. These, uh, this Mac hardware. No, it's not going to be interesting at all. They I'm won't do it. I'm waiting for it to happen, because if no. it does, you know, I'll be the first one. No, you won't. Well, not the first one, but That's I'll right. I will be the first one, Jason. No, you won't. Get that. You'll, you'll <laughs> be there, but after me. We don't care. <laughs> uh, Windows and no, you wouldn't. You'll hate it. I just think it's, no, it's logical. No, you're wrong. No, it's not logical. It's completely uh, illogical, Jason. We'll have to see what happens. I no, we won't see what happens. <laughs> I know, uh... No, you don't. Over at uh, Ruckman.net, he wrote an article about... Okay, I've had enough fun. Okay. <laughs> at Jason's expense, <laughs> At no Jason's less. expense. Guy gives me all the, you know, helpful information, and I sit here and... No, Jason's yeah. a good guy, and... That's a cool podcast, so go check it out if uh, you're yep. looking for something. The Lego Star Wars thing, like you were talking about, uh, I haven't played it for the Mac, obviously, but I have a demo disc for the PlayStation, and I did uh-huh. check it out. It's got, like, a part of a first level. Uh-huh. It's so stupid, it's fun. Really? It's literally your little Lego guys running around, and it's the music, the sound effects, everything is Star Wars, mm-hmm. except for it's little Lego things. Like when a, shoop, a ship, ship? gets <laughs> shot uh-huh. at the beginning of it, uh-huh. and instead of like blowing up, just the little Lego places go... That's great. I was like, that's pretty good. I liked it. It was funny. And so that it might be a game that I might actually pick up. Yeah, and you know how rare that is for me to pick I up know. a computer game. I play console games, and you know, like the DS that we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Um, but it's been a while since I picked up any Mac games because basically, I'm so used to getting free stuff for review that mm-hmm. I just don't usually go through the Mac section at stores. I think oh, if there's something I want out there, I could probably grab it for free and do a review. Yeah. Uh, next, mm-hmm. uh, the last news items I should say: Canadian iPod owners gets tax refund. Late yesterday, yesterday being August eighth. Apple Canada announced that iPod owners in Canada will be getting their money back for the tax the Canadian government levied on the music player, reports CBC. On the Canadian site, Apple stated, 
Apple is pleased that the Supreme Court of Canada let stand a lower court ruling that blank media levies on iPods are invalid and will shortly announce uh, announce a claims process so customers can request a refund for the levies they paid. The tariff was Canadian $2 for non-removal me- me- memory capacity up to 1 gigabyte, 15 bucks from 1 to 10 gigabytes, and $25 for more than 10 gigabytes. Approximately $4 million was collected by the Canadian Private Copying Collective, or the CPCC, from sales of iPods and other digital music players since the tax went into effect in December 2003. Mm. Um, I've read about... Obviously, we're not from Canada, so we're not right. up to date on Canadian law. Mm-hmm. But I knew that there was a, um, and, and I believe it started back in cassette days, where Canadian the Canadian music industry <clears> was like, hey, you know what? People are going to be recording music; they're not going to be paying for it. So they put this tax on the blank mm-hmm. media, and supposedly that money's supposed to go to the artist, whether mm-hmm. that actually happens or not. I have no idea, and I'm not going to comment on it one way or another. No, we could call Brian Adams or Gordon Lightfoot and find That's out. That's right. Yeah. If, if they got rich off of that Canadian <laughs> yeah. tax. Um, and Apple maintained that that really wasn't fair to do it with a digital music player. Mm-hmm. And I agree. So it was. Yeah. It, it's good for, if you're a Canadian iPod owner, hopefully you bought one that's over 10 gigabytes because you're going to be getting like 25 bucks back. Yep. And if you bought a couple, hey, that could be some money right mm-hmm. there. So, um, What you doing? You go, oh, you're going to click the button over there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we were talking about our contest. Yes. So let's get a little bit into that. Again, the contest for this week and next week is Creative Suite 2 Premium Package from Adobe Systems, mm-hmm. a $1,299 value. Everybody is, uh, well, not Jason Hansen because I already said his name on the show and I don't want him to win. So Jason Hansen. <laughs> Everybody else but Jason Hansen <laughs> can. <laughs> I don't know why I'm picking on Jason. I usually pick on Chris or somebody. I know. Um, <laughs> No, you're, you're you're eligible, Jason. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, this includes Adobe Photoshop CS2, Adobe Illustrator CS2, Adobe InDesign CS2, uh, Go Live, Acrobat Professional 7.0, Version Q CS2, Adobe Bridge, and Adobe Stock Photos. The Adobe Bridge is the new big new thing in this Creative Suite too. So what the heck is? It's it? kind of like a browser. Do yeah. you remember the Photoshop browser where you can it, it opens up and you see this? thumbnails and you can yeah. open it it's kind of like that i haven't played with it enough to really sound intelligent talking about it mm-hmm. but from the reviews i've read it's pretty cool yeah. applications so uh how do people enter this yeah what are we doing we're not going to do anything special as far as hey send us this information or that information mm-hmm. all you have to do and it's please one entry per email address mm-hmm. so because I, I can't Obviously, if someone has four or five different email addresses, I can't really check to see, is this the same person? But yeah. I'm not going to be able to check it. So send an email to contest at mymac.com. In the subject line, put Adobe CS2. And in the message of the body, please put your full name and mailing address. Yes. That way, if you win, we already have that information. Now, if you're worried about, I got an email the last time we did this, just a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Someone says, well, I don't really want to send you my home address because if I don't win, I just don't want that floating around out there. Okay, number one, with the Internet, I can find almost anybody's address if I really want to. Right. Number two, I honestly delete the emails if you don't win. Mm-hmm. I don't keep those. We don't share your email address with anybody else. 
Yeah, nobody's getting a premium from yeah, us, and we're not on any, we're not feeding anybody. Any we are working with information. Yeah, we're, we are working with Adobe on this contest, but right. that doesn't mean we're going to share your information with Do- with Adobe unless you're the winner. Yep. If you are the winner, we're going to let Adobe know who won and where they live, and they are going to send the package to you. Yep. So this is just a fantastic prize. Yes, this is the biggest thing we've given away. I Absolutely, think. Um, and not just in value, but. Well, not just in monetary value, but as far as value is concerned, absolutely. Um, Adobe Creative Suite 2 is just an awesome package. It really, really Mm -hmm. is. I do have it myself, as as well as a few of the other staff members at MyMac.com, and Mm -hmm. we're looking at doing some, not just reviews, but we'd like to do more articles on how to do this, how to do that, some tips and tricks. Mm -hmm. So um, for any of the staff listening, and if you've got a review copy... (laughs) <laughs> we do expect something soon. Um, it, it's just a really fantastic um, suite of applications. Mm-hmm. Now, we're going to... I need a cal- or a calendar. What is today, anyways? Today is Wednesday the 10th. Yeah, we're recording this on the 10th. We are going to take um, submissions for this contest up till August 24th. Up and through August 24th. So if you send us something on August 24th, you are eligible. If you send it at 12.01 a.m. Thursday, August 25th, you're not eligible. So there you go. Yep. Because we are... Oh, no. I should change that. We're only going to take submissions, I'm sorry, to August 23rd. The reason is we record on Wednesdays and post this up on uh, Thursday morning. And we would like to announce the winner on our podcast two weeks from now. Yep, yep. The winner will be announced on, well, technically Wednesday the 24th. Our podcast number 40. That's right. Wow, can you imagine that? Oh, I know. Our 40th podcast, and we're going to be giving away a copy of Adobe CS2. Yep. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, I, I wanted to talk about a few things when it came to um, Adobe. And we're, we've only got about 15 minutes left, and this is going to be pretty much our. Our segment, yep. our, our focus segment, I should say. I actually caught a software pirate once. I don't think Did I've you? mentioned this on no. the podcast. I wrote this as a blog once. This was years ago. I was still, this was Mac Classic days, okay? Mm-hmm. One of the software programs I always wanted was Adobe Photoshop. And at the time, I believe it was Adobe Photoshop 3 or 4. I believe mm. it was Adobe Photoshop 3.0 was the new version. Oh, man, I really, really wanted it, but there was just no way I could afford it. Right. And honestly, my, the machine I had at the time wouldn't run it anyways. <laughs> I had a little crappy. Um, I think I had to perform a 410. So yeah. I couldn't even, I mean, it was anemic. There was no way I can put Adobe Photoshop on there. With thousands of colors. And even if I could, there, I, I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. But I knew that Adobe Photoshop was the application to have for manipulating photos. And, of course, now I have to have that. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, I wouldn't consider myself an expert, but I would consider myself um, an expert user. (laughs) Let me put it that way. Um, So I'm sitting there. We had, at the time, the Great Lakes Freenet. And this Mm -hmm. person had uh, listed a used Mac for sale. And one of the things he put on there was uh, Adobe Photoshop was on this computer. Uh And I knew for a fact that the computer could not run Adobe Photoshop. And I thought, well, you know, that's great. That's that's fantastic that that program's going to come with that computer, but that computer can't run that program. So, you know, how does that work? Yeah. So I sent him an email. I was like, you know, how, why, how are you selling this computer for 50 bucks with Adobe Photoshop on it or 100 bucks, whatever it mm-hmm. was? And he says, well, I'm not really selling the computer. I'm really selling copies of Adobe Photoshop. And so mm. I sent him an email. What do you mean copies? He says, well, I work at 
X business and we use Adobe Photoshop and I made copies of it so I'm just basically oh, selling oh, 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 bootleg oh. copies. Now you got to remember this isn't this is dial-up days. This mm -hmm. is before 56k modems. This is 288 was yeah. top of the line so downloading a program like Adobe Photoshop, a pirated copy, which just there was just no way. An online event. Yeah. yeah. And and most people <clears throat> weren't on the internet per se at that time. Anyways, they're on online services mm -hmm. and you couldn't post something like that on an online service, you'd you'd get busted pretty quick. Yeah. And I just thought Oh my God, this guy's selling stolen software. Well, I knew mm -hmm. where he worked. And here's the ironic part. The guy I was working for at the time when I was doing all the NASCAR mm -hmm. announcing thing. Yeah. Um, this was before we met, I believe. Yeah. Um, where I worked for the guy I worked for, he was married to the daughter of the owner of that business. Really? So I went to her and I said, um, would your father be interested in knowing that one of his employees are making copies of his software? And selling them. And she's like, well, yeah. So I met with him, the owner mm -hmm. of the company. And then we had this big sting operation. And mm -hmm. I met this guy down at Claire's on the river. And he gave me the discs. And I gave him the money. What you going to do? What you going to do? So long story short, he got fired. He got yeah. busted. Um, the owner of the company bought me a copy of Adobe Photoshop 3. Wow. Yeah, he actually, well, he didn't buy it. He already had a copy, but it wasn't being used. Mm -hmm. He was a real stickler for, uh, you know, you don't pirate software. Yeah. You got one, if you buy one copy, it only goes on one copy. You don't put it on all the machines mm -hmm. and go, oh, well. No, it's, you know, yeah. he was, and he had an extra copy of Adobe Photoshop 3. No, let me take that back. Uh, Adobe Photoshop four had just come out and he mm -hmm. gave me a copy of that. I didn't have a computer that could run it at yeah. the time. So I was like, Oh, I got to get a new computer now. But Photoshop is one of those applications that at least back in the day, if you didn't have a machine that could run it, you wanted to upgrade your machine just to run that program. Yeah. So I, I just thought that was a yeah, kind of a funny thing at the time. I mean, mm -hmm. nowadays piracy is so rampant that, you know, how are you going to really boss someone? But at the time I really felt like I was making a difference. Yeah. I was really helping this company in Adobe by getting this guy that's pirating software. Mm -hmm. um, and he was he was wrong. Yep. Adobe Photoshop really did change the world. Um, I mean, the noun itself, the name itself is really a noun. Mm -hmm. When you say, you know, well, that Photoshop, or that, that picture's been Photoshopped, yep. you know what that means. Mm -hmm. Adobe obviously doesn't like that any more than Xero that Xerox likes it when you say something's a Xerox copy. Yeah. Xerox is the brand name. Photoshop is the brand name. Right. So Adobe discourages the use uh, that. But once that kind of permeates pop culture, mm -hmm. there's really nothing they can do about it, unfortunately. Yeah. But so when someone says something's been photoshopped, you everybody know, knows what they're talking. You know what that about. means? You yeah. know, if you see a, a beautiful woman on a on a magazine cover and you go, "Oh, look at that! That's been photoshopped." You yeah. know what that means? Mm -hmm. There's no ambiguity on on the meaning of that term. Absolutely. So that, that's kind of how widespread Adobe Photoshop has become. Mm -hmm. In, in fact, most people don't even call it Adobe Photoshop. They just call it Photoshop. Yeah. 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 Um, do you got anything over there? No. Let me think. Did you know that Adobe uh, really started on the Mac? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I remember uh, that's they, they used to be exclusively publishing the Mac. They were for a long time. Uh, yeah. The first version of Photoshop came out in February of 1990 with version 1.0, and it didn't cross over to the Windows version until... 2.5 at the end of 1992. So almost three mm -hmm. years. If you wanted to use the the killer application when it came to photo manipulation, mm -hmm. you had to have a Mac. 
So now that shows I, how long that Adobe's been a supporter of Apple and the mm-hmm. Macintosh users. Now, what I remember about learning Photoshop when I first started manipulating and messing around with it was uh, when I started using it, which was several years later, they had the the concept of layers, which I yep. remember I had to explain to my wife when she was trying to mess with Photoshop. That, that started in 94 yep. with version 3.0. Layers really is, I think, what pushed Adobe Photoshop ahead of everybody else and really made it what it is. Because with mm-hmm. layers, you can literally take two pictures and make one part of it um, transparent so the picture below it comes through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's layers changed everything. Yeah. It Layers changed the desktop publishing industry in a way that didn't happen up until the point where it actually started. Mm-hmm. That's how big I think layers yeah. was. Um, version 4.0 was another huge milestone because you could actually change the type. Up until version 4, when you type something in mm-hmm. a Photoshop document, yeah. it was rasterized immediately, and it's, it was just a graphic. There was nothing yeah. you could do with it. You couldn't change the color. You couldn't change the, the font. Mm-hmm. You couldn't change the size. It, it was what it was. Mm-hmm. With version 4.0, you could actually resize the text, change the color, change the font, and you can go back and do it later as well. And that was just... It was huge. Yep. Um, you know, and there's been hundreds of books written about this application. There's user group. You know, there's a, a Photoshop Hall of Fame. A Hall of Fame. Uh, I, yeah, I'd seen the, an article about two people, two new people being inducted. No, I it was think three. it was on Mac Minute. Yeah, it was on MacMinute.com, yeah. yeah. There, there's a Hall of Fame for users of this software. That's how big and important Adobe Photoshop what is. What gets you into the Photoshop Hall of Fame? I don't know. I, it's, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's amazing. Um, I thought the story of Adobe Photoshop was interested too. Mm-hmm. Interesting too. Uh, I'm going to pull up this website. I actually asked this person if I could read his story online, mm-hmm. and he never got back with me. And so I don't know if I really should read this. Yeah. Maybe I'll paraphrase it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So while I type this in, go ahead and kill time. Do you want me to, you want me to give the uh, URL for this or not? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we're going to uh, www.storyphoto.com backslash multimedia backslash multimedia underscore photoshop dot html. I'm trying to type that as you were saying it, and I messed it up because what did I do? Photoshop. Oh, Photoshop. Yeah. Full toe shop. And that's actually the part that I was yeah. at when. Uh, this is a story written by Derek Story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in February of 2000, and it celebrates the 10-year anniversary of Adobe Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting because, it, and the name of the title is From Darkroom to Desktop, How Photoshop Came to Light. It basically talks about where Photoshop started, who mm-hmm. started it. Uh, the story of one of the original killer apps begins in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I bet really? you didn't know that, I didn't did know you? that. Yep. Uh, with a college professor named Glenn Knoll. Glenn was a photo enthusiast who maintained a dark room in the family basement. He was also a technology aficionado. I said that wrong, didn't I? No, aficionado. Yeah. Aficionado. Uh, intrigued by the emergence of the personal computer. His two sons, two sons, uh, sons, Thomas and John, inherited their father's inquisitive nature. And the version for greatness began with their exposure. Uh, their, you know, I'm sitting so far away from your monitor that I can't read very good. Mm-hmm. I'm just too far away from it. Can you, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm getting older and my eyesight's going or anything. No. But with the mics in front of us and half the mm-hmm. desk and then your monitor. But basically, um, these two guys started Adobe Photoshop yep. uh, with their father 
uh, because of their father, I should say. It started out called the original application in 1987. Uh, teams up with his, uh, Thomas teams up with his brother John and combines their mm-hmm. subroutines into an application called Display. So, mm-hmm. a bit of trivia: the very first version of Photoshop was really called Display. Ah. In 88, 1988, refined version of Display becomes Image Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1989, Barney Scan licenses the application to bundle with their slide scanners. About 200 copies are shipped. Yep. Uh, 1989, Adobe strikes a deal to license what becomes known as Photoshop. They begin 10 months of product development. 1990, Photoshop 1.0 ships in February. Uh, version 2.0, uh, codename Fast Eddie, ships in the fall of 1990. Version two, in the 1993 version 2.51 is released, one of the first apps to run native on PowerPC chip, also the first of the Windows versions, which we've talked about. Yep, and, and obviously at the time, the PowerPC chip ran Photoshop much faster than the Windows yeah. Intel chips at the time. Of course, we can't really be down on Intel chips anymore, can we? No. <sighs> Take away my cake. <laughs> uh, 1994, version 3.0 ships with layers. We talked about that. 96, version 4.0 ships, the controversial key commands are changed. <laughs> and, you know, that that is a big thing. People hate it when you make what they deem unnecessary changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you a prime example. One of the things that I talked about on this podcast not too long ago mm-hmm. was how Adobe changed Command-B in Go Live. Of yeah. course, I was selecting text and hit Command-B to make it bold, mm-hmm. and it would bring up something else, and that just really irritated me. Right. At the time, I didn't know if it could be switched or not. It can. I went in, mm-hmm. and I found it, and I changed that keyboard short- shortcut back mm-hmm. to text bold. Right. So that was easily fixed, but that is just one of those things that just mm-hmm. drive me crazy. You know what amazes me is that in this article, if you go there, you see the old Photoshop toolbars. It hasn't changed much, has it? It hasn't changed if much. If you go back, Photoshop toolbar from version 1.07. Mm-hmm. And it, you know what? Every single one of those icons is pretty much unchanged, even till today. Well, Fifteen even, even years later, across platforms. I mean, if you use like oh, Microsoft Paint, off. yeah, everybody. I mean, the icons are exactly Apple the Works same. used it. Yep, CorelDRAW used them. Yep. Everybody used them. Now I don't know if anybody used them before Photoshop used those. I don't know if that toolbar and those icons for those different tools in the toolbar were Photoshop exclusive at one point or mm-hmm. it was just kind of an industry standard and that's the tools people used. And and I might be wrong and I'm sure someone will correct me if I am, but mm-hmm. I would almost bet that Photoshop was the first one to use those types of icons in a toolbar like that. And it looks like that. And I'm sure because I thought the old Mac Paint program on the original Mac used... I, I think some of them were yeah. the same, but nowadays, I mean, it, those, those, those pictograph icons... Yeah are exactly the same in almost all the applications across all computing platforms. Yeah. I mean, it's just so such a standard nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it is weird to go back and look at version 1.07 and see, wow, that's the same toolbar as I'm using today. Only in black and white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't have one-tenth of the processing power that yeah. they knew. I mean, really, uh, Adobe Photoshop itself is almost an operating system mm. at this point. It's so big and so powerful. It's almost an entire operating system all by itself. Mm-hmm. And it is that way because it is so feature-rich. I mean, yeah. there's really almost nothing you can't do with a photograph in Adobe Photoshop. It's it, it's just amazing. Yeah. And when you think you really know that application, 
guess what? There's so much more to it that you can learn. Mm. And you can take that application into so many different fields. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know. And we're not saying all this stuff because we're working with Adobe to give away a copy of CS2. This is just facts. Uh, yep. Adobe Photoshop, whether you like Adobe as a company or not, I know a lot of people are, oh, they're a big company. That means they're this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. This is a company that supported the Mac platform for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. It's been very profitable for them, yep. obviously. And um, even at the dark days of Apple in, say, 97, 96, yeah. when things were looking very bleak, Photoshop was still being released. So was Illustrator. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's PageMaker back of the day. Right. So Adobe's a company that's always supported the Mac platform, and I, for one, am very grateful for them because, let's be honest, if Adobe would have dropped the Apple Macintosh line in 96, oh, 97... Killed, yeah, that would have killed publishing on the Mac. Well, it would have killed the Mac. There yeah. would be no Apple computers today yeah. if Adobe would have said, no, nah, we're not going to develop for that platform anymore. It would have literally killed them. Mm-hmm. I, I firmly believe that. Mm. So um, if you want to have a chance to win... Um, send an email to contest at mymac.com. Remember, in the subject line, put Adobe CS2. And make sure you give us your name and mailing address. Please, no P.O. boxes. Um, I don't know why. I just, it's a pretty big box, number one. Yeah. So, unless you got a big P.O. box. But, um, that's what you need to do. Yep. That's our show for today. Yep. Uh, let's see. Anything else before we book out of here? No, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We appreciate uh, hearing from you, too. If you got anything to say to us, drop us a line or drop us a MP3 or yeah. however you we, want to We'd really us. like to hear from you guys. Not yep. just uh, When we run a contest, we get probably ten times as much email as we normally do. Yeah. And, oh, you know what? Speaking of a contest, and I did want to mention this, uh, let me jump back to the... Uh, gmail account go backwards display the page jared mm-hmm. remember we were talking about that yeah jared zellick yeah well jared not the subway guy zellick mm-hmm. he sent us that script um and it is an apple script to pick a winner so we will be using his apple script so we're gonna be using jared's randomizer that's right and Sweet. uh and he's from zellick software i don't know is does he have a Let's let's do a search for Zelic Software. Let's see if he actually has a website because he doesn't list it here. Let me check the first email. I might be there. Nope, it's not. Let's see here. Do you? Hey, hey, uh, Jared, you're using a Yahoo. I'm going to uh, send him an invite. I'll do that later. Hmm. Gmail is much better than the Yahoo email. Uh, yep, Zelic Software. Cool. And it's Zelic Software, Z-E-L-E-K Software dot com. He's got some uh, Windows, some Linux, and Mac software out there. Oh, he's multi-talented. Mm-hmm. He could, he could write us some software, man. <laughs> oh wait, he did. He did, <laughs> and, and we appreciate it. Uh, yeah, definitely. And we're going to use it for giving away a one thousand two hundred ninety-nine dollar prize. Thanks, Jared. Uh, thanks, Jared. Uh, keep on that dot. Oh, I'm sorry, it's not that Jared. I keep messing that up, don't I? Yeah, the software. <laughs> yeah, See, I'm thinking the one guy's a football player, Jason Hansen. The other guy, I think he's the guy from Subway. And yeah, I'm, no. so, I'm just so no. inundated with pop culture no. in my life. Yeah. Uh, let's listen to our announcer guy and get out of here. Alrighty. See you. See you next week. Thanks for downloading the MyMac.com podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast at our RSS feed at MyMac.com or by visiting the iTunes Music Store's podcast section. Please send all feedback to MyMacPodcast at gmail.com. 
and thanks for listening to the MyMac.com podcast.